A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're about to listen to an interview which our socios enjoyed in full 12 months ago. If you'd like to listen to these exclusive monthly big interviews on the day that they're released, it's time to join us. That means supporting us. It means the price of a pint per month. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Graham Hunter. Go now, join and become a socio. That means you'll get that extra big interview every month and you'll also unlock our entire archive straight away. All for £2.99 a month. It's the best deal in town, baby. And we need you. You're going to hear it really clearly, because this time I don't interrupt too much, how bright Julian Lescott is. Funny, hugely articulate. You're going to hear him smiling, um, looking gratified at the way that his life has turned out. You're going to probably tell people about the way in which he explains his dyslexia, how he's learned to cope and how he's turned that, frankly, to an advantage. This is a lucky man who is talented, determined, who adores music and will explain why. And yes, he does remember what vinyl and LPs were for. He's also fully aware that in being a player mentor at Manchester City, in being somebody who can teach them standards, who can select those that need help rather than just being left to their own devices. He's in work which is going to keep him happy for the remainder of his career if he chooses. This is one funny, bright, friendly, interesting man. personal point of view, you've talked about what you wish to contribute to Fergal's department and to the part of the club in which you work, and you've talked about the owners and, and, and the manager's philosophy too. And, you know, if I'm right, you're talking about a branch of human psychology when you're talking about the youngsters that you'll guide or tutor or mentor. What do you think, because it's presumably it's relatively early days in this process of adapting into your role... I, we spent time yesterday um, talking about Ravel Morrison at, at United, who patently, mm. by every witness I've ever talked to, Same. was yeah. utterly exceptional. Yeah. And yet, um, without going into his case, the, the things prevented him from um, even being aware of how he was going wrong. What will the process of, of sowing seeds onto stony ground be like for you? Because there will be some, no matter how much human science you put into this, how much research yeah. you do... Oh. There'll be some who don't just not make it. There'll be some who you're like, I know you can do this. That's the thing. Uh, it'd be hard to take because 
try not to get too emotionally attached to the individuals. But I, <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. It's, it, that's harder than I thought yeah. it was. But I'm massive on respect. So there is nine of us in this, nine, ten of us in this team. And because I've played and they can see kind of what I've done and it's still relevant to them because they're out of an age where they see me play for Man City, not alone, yeah. just play football. I tend to... It's easier to strike a relationship naturally because we've come the same backgrounds um, in regards to careers but I'm massive on respect so if they feel a need not to give the same to our team members as me mm-hmm. because they think well the impact I can have is bigger than theirs then that's when I kind of like it doesn't work like that yeah because it's going to come back around and you shouldn't personally you shouldn't think like that mm-hmm. because it's just the way it is if someone calls you someone messages you someone asks you to do something you do it if you can't and there's an honest reason not mm-hmm. an excuse there's an honest reason that you can't do it then that's fine but we're in it together and we're only here to help them as an individual so they realise that and they want it then we're all in all of us are all in and we'll give you kind of anything but if if I feel that it's being abused not just me but the other members of the team I can kind of easily distance myself yep from that side I can be like well you're not who I thought you were so it's not a problem for me to say you know what do it on your own then and if you make it great if you don't it's not going to be my fault you're an impressive man because not only have you evidently been well brought up the values that I hear there's a quarter of a century between us nearly <laughs> and I'm astonished to, to hear all that but like, I love the way your mind works yeah. that's, a, that's a bright mind it's I'd strive for you. I'd work for you. I yeah, tell you just, that now. It's just logic thinking. I say. You say that, yeah. but then you yeah. look around the world, and we both know that yeah. what you're expressing is no longer the norm. Yeah. And and also even the process of stopping, thinking, compartmentalizing what you can and can't achieve, how to do it, how you react to it. There isn't actually even no matter what an individual person says. Not a lot of time in modern life to stop and go. Right, I'm going to think. I'm going to process that. I'm going to plan. A lot of people, even those who do the best in life, cannot improvise off the cuff yeah. because it's hard to be as ordered in your thinking as you've just shown. Well, again, it's the key of, well, if you're ordered in your thinking, but then you can just speed up that process. Yeah. As long as you know what the method to it is, yeah. you can go as fast as you want through that process, but this process is still the same. Yeah. You just kind of have to digest it all. And, and that's why top players do it. It's because they see faster they know what needs to happen but they just be able to do it faster than the players that can and that's what separates the two for me I'd like very much to, to move on to music the role okay. of music in your life yeah I think it's a passion of yours yeah maybe even you're quite good at it yeah well okay. whether we share the same taste in music or not yeah. I'm, 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 that is where generations are out. divided generations are divided when music comes along um, but, but, so t- tell me well yeah music um, DJing absolutely love DJing uh, my dad is a DJ and not necessarily been around that enough to kind of just say that's what I want to do but I've always loved music and had decks at an early age and was like decks please turn turntables for, for people that I know turntables you know but okay. I'm the guy who sat yeah. in, in, in Arsenal and interviewed three first team Arsenal players for a TV feature and the, the gimmick we would do yeah. we would take a box of LPs, records, oh, wow. with their know. face in the middle, a cover designed around them in sort of 60s style. They would look at it, they'd look through the box of records and say, no, that's not me, that's 
that's amazing. And then, oh, that's me. And they took it out the shot. They did it all beautifully. And then at the end of the shoot, I said to them, do any of you know what these are? And they were like, no. <gasps> didn't know what LPs wow. were. Didn't know what they were for. Didn't know what vinyl was. So oh, I, I only interjected because yeah. I was like, yeah. So decks are what you play. Decks, vinyl yeah, on. vinyls. Yeah, you play that and that. So I had them at an early age when me and my older brother was sharing a room and then kind of moved out of the house, like roughly at Ian and then kind of stopped, to be fair, wishing now I never stopped. Because obviously it's time-consuming. Um, you can't just do it for 10, 15 minutes here and there. You kind of, a couple few hours a day and you kind of have to dedicate time to it and all that. And I stopped due to the fact that it was that time-consuming and mm. my love and passion was only playing so there was never an alternative there was never well what are you going to do when you finish or what would you do if you didn't it was just like well this is the only thing I'm doing like I was never going to do anything else apart from play football but obviously got older and realised that I'd still love it obviously have the new version of vinyl decks now they're called CDJs um, okay so that's I, I, I thought I was going to be able to keep up but I, well, yeah well CDJs basically it's just CDs uh-huh. on turntables Okay. So, because of vinyl... Played play by laser? Yeah, it's like, like gear connected to your laptop and it's just all computerised now, so you, you don't really have any records. DJs carry laptops now or USB sticks and it's a lot easier. If someone knocks your table, okay. your records don't jump look, anymore. Look at, look at Julian already <laughs> trying to sell me the idea about, yeah. like, it's much safer this way. Man. Oh, definitely. My, listen, my lip is, is sticking out like a diving board for Greg yeah. Luganis because <laughs> there's no records anymore. Okay. Yeah. They are making a comeback, but yes. as I said, if, to carry 300 records into a building, which I've done with my, my, my dad, okay. is quite hard. You have, you've actually yeah, had, I've to, had do to do that. that. And if there was any record boxes, these were crates, old like yeah. milk crates and yeah. bread crates kind of thing. So that was, yeah, I've, I've been around them. What times. Would you, so, so that we tell the story probably, what music would your dad have loved to play rather than what the audience wanted to hear? So, no. what were you hearing around the house? No, well, my mum played the more music around the house. Uh-huh. Um, it was like reggae revival and stuff like that. But my dad was um, played soca, Caribbean yeah. uh, music, and that he was known as soca master. So he, that was the kind of genre he played, and I think he enjoyed that. He loved soul. He only ever played soul in his car, and it was like real soul. So like. So mid seventies Philadelphia sort of. I don't really know because, as I said, it was nothing I kind of admired or aspired to do or listen to. But that was the only thing that it was never. Oh, Dad, put this on. It was mm-hmm. this is, we're in Dad's car, so this is what he plays. We're in Mum's car, this is what she plays. So it was. <laughs> we never got to say again. That was a generation thing. You never got to say, Mum, turn the radio over. Can I turn the TV over? It was like this is what we're watching. This is what we're listening to. Yeah. Deal with it. So I remember that. That was that. Unlike my kids now, that want the same song on 14 times for two hours in the car it was mm. a bit weird um, but yeah no um, just being around music and doing that was kind of the start of subconsciously making me aware that I, I do enjoy the DJing and so as a DJ now you'll what you'll you'll spend a lot of time planning out the way the flow of yeah. the music what we need to segue into one yeah 100% right? and Be- because you want the sounds to be right or you want people the, to the, dance yeah, or, yeah or what's the, and that's the thing, thing that's the closest I've had to play in, and it wasn't it was when I played out and I realised like I'm still a fan and bearing in mind I know what I'm going to play yeah. everyone has a set you know what you're, what's coming up you know what you're going to play and I still get that same it, it, excitement so in other words it shouldn't infect you and say yeah. wow that's a good sound but you're like yeah, I'd pick that yeah but man the music and then to so see you. people's reactions yeah. and 
be in control of people's emotions was like, wow. That, like, being in control of that to having been that controlled is totally different. Like, obviously, not the same, but in a way similar to the football that you score a goal, your team wins, people are on a high, you lose, the people are on a low, where seeing people actually dance mm-hmm. because you've played a song mm-hmm. is like, yeah. But again, due to the fact that got three children got a wife that sacrificed a lot I cannot say to my wife I'm going out every Saturday night to, to DJ so but if you could oh, I, to be fair I don't even know if I, I could I just love doing it um, I'll do it more in the house um, I am getting out to playing out a lot more but just selected um, events parties and I don't just do it anywhere and everywhere because it's not um, Julian Lescott DJ for hire it's, it's no, with people yeah. you know more yeah, or? Um, yeah and no there are functions that I've done which I didn't walked into it but I will say that it is the most nervous I get oh. to set it up because I don't know there's things I've done and, and will do and be uncomfortable doing but that, f- that fear of wrecking someone's night yeah. <laughs> it's like oh but also my God. you're saying because the buzz is high you're saying I'm going to do this and are they going to react to me yeah. are they going to enjoy it because if you do that and I'm, I don't know if you follow him at all but I'm friends with Kevin Bridges mm-hmm. Kevin's a comedian he's very successful and we've been friends for a long long time and recently we were together and he was saying you know, I, I feel very akin to boxers because he does boxing too and boxers are out there and it's them and the opponent in the ring it's in comedy you know it's I imagine getting knocked out, it's like dying in front of 10,000 people when you know, two or three lines don't work yeah. and you're out there and it's you and them. Now, I don't mean to add to your nerves. Yeah, yeah. But like, it is you and them. Yeah. Those, those tunes need to infect them and need to get the shoulders moving and then I'm out on the floor and, yeah. or else... Yeah, or else you're getting booed. <laughs> you're not getting hired again. But no, again, it's, 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 it's very enjoyable and satisfying and that's where I am even kind of this stage of my life. I just want to be satisfied with what I'm doing I don't just want to do something because I have to like I haven't got the drive and the passion to go into full-time coaching yet I just don't think you didn't say yet there you know yeah I know because I'm not sure if it's going to come but at this moment in time I love the diversity of what I do what I'm able to do and I enjoyed that more than any one thing is the fact that yesterday I was doing something different to today and I've been doing something totally different to tomorrow and then when I've done that and I come back next week, I'm dad again. Mm. And I like the fact that in the space of a week, I'm doing four different things and giving them all the same attention. And that's what is good to me at this moment in time. I can see the stimulus in it, but a lot of people would be tired out by it. And a lot of people like predictability. because yeah. Not just because they're boring, but because they feel they can give of their best if they kind of know what's going to be asked of them rather than new challenges or different areas using different parts of your, your skill set. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm dyslexic, so being able to adapt and find... Right. Yeah, not many people did. And again, we, I was having this conversation with my mum and we were saying, like, when I was younger and thinking about it now, dyslexic wasn't a thing. You was mm. slow. You was with this yeah. kind of special teacher and that's yeah. kind of what I was doing. And then I found ways around. And it's only because I've seen stuff and you find ways around reading or being exposed in a negative way, you're like, well, how do I solve this yeah. before it comes? And that's why I kind of think away things the way I do now is because I had practiced at a young age. Problem solving. Yeah, kind of. Problem solving on the pitch, problem yeah. solving in your current role. That's the thing. It, it makes your mind very agile. Yeah. First, 
person I ever met who I knew was dyslexic was Sir Jackie Stewart, the racing driver, mm-hmm. and it happened to be that I had to write speeches for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because we're not taught to anticipate, I was like, I was typing out, and I was, I was giving him words, and he was like, you know, for a speech, this, this isn't going to work. And he showed me how, because he'd been making speeches all his life, yeah. how, as a dyslexic, he could take a, a bundle of themes, a bundle of words, and manufacture them into something that he could then use, albeit that he was stripped of one of the basic tools yeah. in order to do that. And that was a big education to me. But also, aside from the mental agility that you and he evidently share, was the determination. Like, I, I'm, this isn't going to stop me yeah. <laughs> for one no second. No I'm going to find a way to leap over this and use the talents that I've got, even though I've been given a barrier. Yeah. It's funny how often barriers are quite important in life. We spend all our time trying to take barriers down in the same way, but a barrier is quite a good thing. I yeah, of course, definitely. That was a... Now, again, that was a good thing because it just helped me think about things totally different, opposite, and there was one of the physios who I'm still close with. He feels his daughter was dyslexic, and it wasn't until we were talking about the traits, and I was like, yeah, and she does this, don't she, and she does that. And he was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, because that's how we used to deal with stuff. That's how it, the thought process comes to us a lot quicker because we have to do that. It's... We can't read them words. I can't see what that what sound that makes, and it's like now when I'm doing some of the homework with my children. There's times where I have to call my oldest in to help me and his younger brother because he just gets it. It's the, it's not a struggle, but then common sense of certain things, and I'm like, how can you do that? Why would you do that? I'm thinking because academically he gets that side, and common sense side, he doesn't really understand that possibly due to his age, that doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of element I've enhanced the logic, common sense side of thinking was, well, I have to be good at that. If I'm not good at that, this has to be kind of tough and start with it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
I'm going to introduce a note of controversy. It's a horrible note, I'm sad yeah. to say. We get really good guests because football is full of lovely people. And we had Alan Smudger-Smith on the other day. And he said in a very robust manner that 1989 at Anfield, where he um, scored and made one and Liverpool lost the title on the last day, was, without argument, the single most iconic moment in English league football. And he specifically called out Sergio Aguero and said, yeah. that isn't it. Oh. Now, I feel you've probably got a hint of bias in this yeah. argument, but can you make a case that he's wrong? I know different eras and obviously the kind of content is different now, but if you asked people of my age what happened then, you had to really describe what happened in that game and that moment for me to get where you were going. So we say to someone, Sergio Guerra's goal, they know what you're talking about. There's only one goal that kind of that people would say. So do you remember Sergio Guerra's goal? Did you see? Yeah, I seen it or I didn't see it, but I know what you're talking about. If you say Alan Smith's goal and assist against Liverpool, what what year was that? What what game was that? What did it mean? You kind of and that's the way I would judge it off. Like not necessarily the importance of it to him and them, but more so what society view it as and it was Liverpool Arsenal which was a rivalry but this is Man City Man United like surely that rivalry is bigger than Arsenal Liverpool at any era like and especially now the fact that Man City are where they are and the transition of the importance and the size of the clubs in the, within the city um, I, I definitely would say Sergio Aguero's goal because you participated in it did is it still alive in your head there somewhere? Does it ever crop up to you? Have you compartmentalised? Yeah, I've never... I, I watched that game or that moment, them highlights. I think it was start of, oh, midway through last season. That's the first time I'd, I'd watched it. I haven't realised how important that Premier League was until I retired. Hmm. When you're playing, it's just, well, that's what we was intended to do and it was that's what it was and... Now I look back and like to hear Steven Gerrard, who I think is an all-time great legend on and off the field, for him to say him not winning it like is a massive kind of disappointment and he would potentially swap his Champions League for a Premier League. I'm like, wow, what I've done then is, mm-hmm. is amazing to be a part of that. And one, to win it, but then to say you're part of the first time for a, a club of this size and in a hundred years this this would be as big as club as any in the world I think the way they're going and to say you were the first to do something is is special I want to leave it on a character that I, I've never met but I find fascinating I have no idea what your relationship is with your ex centre half partner but it's quite patent to me that Vincent Company is is a pretty special individual quite patent to me that once he's with his football environment there seems to be a few bounds as to I've heard a lot of people saying to me he'll probably be president or prime minister 100% that would not surprise me at all he could do academically and collectively there is his thought process is very focused on whatever he's he's set out to do Um, he's done a number of things that most intelligent footballers will never do Um, to study for the Masters whilst we're challenging for the titles is ridiculous to me and when I'm asking him why why are you highlighting 
philosophy paragraphs on the way to games. He's saying because that's the way I have to focus. If I don't, I can't. I can't concentrate if I'm not concentrating. I'm just like. He's just mind would wonder about everything and everything if he wasn't focused on certain things. And we used to give him stick about it all the time. I was like, but that was the way he coped with the kind of mental side of the structure of what we were doing. He kind of geared his attention away from football more than most in order to kind of focus. When he was on football, it was solely that and a very, very intelligent person, human being. Um, and as I said, it was great timing for us both. I remember when I joined and Colo Torre was like the figurehead. Come from Arsenal, I'd come from Everton, but Arsenal would, he won trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was an invincible, wasn't he? Yeah, he was an invincible uh, and a major part of that. But also, like Vinny was here, but Vinny had come from Hamburg and it was deemed that who's going to play with Colo? Mm. Who, who, who's going to be Colo's yeah. partner? Not best partnership it was like well Colo's going to play he's captain so who's going to play with him and we and Vinny never had that competition element but we spoke there was one time where we was in dressing room late for training and he, and he said do you feel like it's that competition and I was like yeah weirdly enough we, I do but it never felt like we was at competition with each other it felt like there was trying to forge that between us and then after that our relationship just went from strength to strength. Unfortunately, I got injured because Vinny was playing right back. Mm-hmm. It was me and Colo. Mm-hmm. Um, Vinny was right back and then I got injured and then Vinny went centre-half and for him, then the rest was history. He was kind of determined he was going to stay at centre-half, which he did, rightly so. And then after my injury, I was like, I've got that mental strength that he's got. So let me put that into place now and do what I need to do to get into the team and did the same kind of focus and got back into the team but then I quickly realised a bit like Gareth Barry who I haven't mentioned he was again a massive real real hero of mine even though I've played with him because I'll go back to that he was um, playing for Aston Villa reserves when my brother was at Aston Villa in the position I was wanted to play Mm -hmm. so to see him do the things he did at that age I was like wow he's like and that was a so he's a real hero like just like someone that you make up or you can never get to is like a real hero of mine um, and he knows that and, um, so yeah so a bit like him in the sense of I realised that Vincent was going to play so I needed to make our partnership the best Smart. in order Smart. to play in the team yeah. Gareth Barry knew that Yaya Torre was going to play or say it was Nigel and Yaya kind of at the, at the two and then the three he needed to make them be the best they can be mm-hmm because then you were going to play and I realised that um, and unfortunately the only person that probably didn't realise that which had a great partnership at the time as well was Edin Dzeko mm-hmm. he seen Sergio as playing but didn't realise that Sergio plays well with Edin mm-hmm. but because he possibly got more plaudits he kind of was like well you're not treating us the same and I was like I know what you're saying but it's not it's not going to work like that at this moment in time they're the spine of the team. Mm-hmm. If you play well with them, you mm-hmm. will play every You're week. In. You're yeah. in. And that's what I realised. And I thought, well, if I can help Vinny play well and he can help me play well, then... You're automatic as a, as a partnership. We're going to play. And it, there was managers and coaches that tried to change, but ultimately kind of <laughs> came back to me and Vinny. <laughs> I, really, 
really love the way that you phrased that. We beat them. <laughs> Ultimately came back to me. I really love the way that you phrased that. Again, you're showing, I'm not blowing smoke at you. I love hearing smarts, mm. you know, just dissecting something, picking your way through it. And, and you surprised me there. I raised my eyebrow because when you talked about Gareth, I, I remember as a junior journalist in England before I moved to Spain, trying to speak to him as a young kid. He was very shy, very quiet. But my, I was drawn to him because I was like, how are you doing those things at that age with this pressure and doing it as if it was water off a duck's back? Yeah. Because and it is to him. I seen a coach. It was I was down at West Brom visiting a player, um, and they said they called him the least emotionally attached footballer they've ever met. Nothing faces him, and it's right. Nothing can can deter him away from what he was is due to do if mm. he's meant to be there or meant to do this it's getting done mm-hmm. because that is what is being asked of him and he's, he's a true true professional I share your point of view but I also like to hear that expressed between professionals mm-hmm. I really really enjoy it we are fortunate enough to have sponsors Bet365 have sent these questions in to us for yeah. you now you've touched on one of this but my memory is that when everybody was jumping on top of Sergio Aguero in that most iconic moment ever for sorry Alan for English football you did something different. So Bet365's question is, describe how you felt when Sergio Aguero scored that famous goal against QPR. Oh, relief, um, excitement. remember running to the physios because what people don't realise is they work longer hours than the players and they are there. Probably them and the kit men, along with obviously the manager, are there day in, day out, every minute of every day, every training session, they have to be there, so... Having spent time with them, them people, and majority of them are City fans. I'm lucky enough to work at the club, but I remember running to them and just literally jumping into them mm. and thinking, someone's better catch me because this is going to hurt a lot of people if you don't. So I remember just, just jumping and just grabbing about four grown men at the same time, and literally we was all squeezing each other as hard as we could. And... I don't remember how I felt, but I remember kind of how that felt, and it was like relief and excitement, and just just happy, just like. It's funny, like you obviously felt a little bit of gratitude to, to these guys for what they've done for you during your. So to have in your crowning moment a bit of gratitude, but to I think it's a special person um, who, when the crowning moment of your professional career comes, the greatest joy you can take is other people's joy. Oh yeah, I think that's that, pretty special. Yeah, that was there again. That was like. It means it means so much to them, um, as it did us. But it was weird because after then we kind of went into the dressing room and pretty much everyone had five minutes to themselves. Like people were ducking around and going sitting in. Like I remember sitting in the other side. I'm sure Vinny went into the showers. Micah and Joe went did what they're gonna do because again it was new to us. There was players that didn't do that because they'd won stuff and they'd know what that emotion. They felt that emotion, but. An overwhelming emotion of what have we just done was kind of why well, a few of us went to separate ourselves and just gather our thoughts. That's really interesting because just by luck, the Spain team I was working with, they allowed me in the World Cup winning dressing room. So I thought I went in, I was shy and I was embarrassed. Yeah. I literally hugged the wall. It was joyful, getting excited even thinking about it. We were allowed in. The, the Queen, the, the, the Prince, and that tenor, Placido Domingo, roughing it out, a scarf on his head, face painted, crying. 
crying like the Gaza um, yeah. unspitting images were just floods. And after about four or five minutes, everything went quiet. Yeah. And I thought, this should be madness. Jumping, screaming, hugging, whatever. But everybody was like, there was a 10, 15 minute period where there were, you said everybody was in their own little zone or private thing. And I was like, I was so confused. How can that, a crowning moment of your life, but maybe you've helped explain that. But yeah, well, for them, again, they're used to that. Um, it was never going to be their last time. They probably yeah. thought, this is not going to be the last time we're doing this. Probably. So probably not. let's enjoy it, but also on to the next. And I'd like to know what David Silver was like then, because he is the most humble, humblest man mm. I've come across. Like... Not even in football, he's, he's so humble, it's ridiculous. I'm just like, he's very appreciative of like, the achievements, I'm sure, but I'd like to see him lose control. I'd love to see that, which I don't think you're gonna ever gonna see. I don't think there's ever gonna be a possibility that. I've never seen it. Whenever you talk to him, you know that it's not his first joy talking about football, but he's got this little quizzical look about his eyes and a, and a, and a hidden little smile. Talents aside, I find him an intriguing guy, yeah. and, and I, I think he's still underappreciated in England. Yeah, I think the, like, like the fact that this season he's getting more good off the back of last season, good. he's getting a lot more attention. He probably hates it. Yeah. He's probably having he's, to do. He's not what he lives for. No, I'm, honestly, he's the one that doesn't live for that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the yeah. last one that Bet Three Six Five sent into us is they want to know who's the toughest striker you came up against. Louis Saha. Louis Saha, what King Louis, like what a player! That's, he, a, that's a Jungle Book reference, yeah, everybody. Um, I was at Wolves, he was at Fulham, and I've played against Messi, Ronaldo, and greats. I'm not saying he's better than them as a player, no. but what he did to me, to what I had no control over, was that's the difference. Like you play against players and you make mistakes, and you're like, they were great, but I don't normally do that, so. I'm not going to judge it off that. I didn't do anything wrong to Louis Saha and he exposed me to the full capacity to make me think that there are totally different levels to, to this. Um, they were top of the league, Fulham, and we was at Wolves. They'd scored an average of 2.3 goals a game. They came to Molyneux. We drew nil-nil. I got mad at the match. Whoa. I'm not thinking I've arrived. I'm thinking, yeah, I've had a good game, this, that and the other. Three weeks later, we play them in the cup. <laughs> Wolves, they're still top of the league, obviously. We're trying. Louis Sahar now must be thinking, I need to up my game. He's probably, he probably didn't lower his game, but he probably just thought, Wolves are mid-table kind of thing. We've been scoring three goals a game. We're going to get these chances. Now he's thinking, let me turn it on. I'm not thinking I've made it, but I'm thinking, well, this is not as hard as what people are saying. Wow. And he just exposed me. He took a free kick and a pen. Uh, he scored the free kick with his left foot, scored the pen with his right foot. <laughs> and they won 3 0. And I remember after that game, Kylie Lee, my manager at the time, saying, Learn from that, son, but don't ever let it discredit you what you're about to do. And I was like, I need to retire. Like, he really exposed me, which wow. made me kind of wake up and be like, Yeah, there's levels. I've met him once at Michael Carrick's testimonial. And um, special guy, but I've never heard anybody talk about him quite like that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. fabulous. 
And before we say goodbye, you promise me esports because that is another passion that I'm getting into, and that is gonna that is bigger than what people assuming it is. It's coming through now to it the is. fact that, like, obviously most Premier League teams have players, um, full time players, and they reckon by the 2024 Olympics that's going to be an Olympic sport. Men can play women, young can play old. There's uh-huh. no physical disabilities, kind of. It's it unites yeah, everyone because you don't even have to speak the same language and anything like that. It's just kind of, it is what it is and it's, it's a real thing. Are you good at it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the perfect Very answer. Good. All right, when... Thank you. Well, let's do the pre-Olympic um, interview when you're representing um, England. Great yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. And that gold medal is coming back here. Yeah. What a flipping pleasure this has been on an education, Joel. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It's been a joy. Cheers. An absolute joy. Hopefully you enjoyed that big interview, which was first released as an exclusive to our socios 12 months ago. If you'd like to get these interviews on the first day that they're available, it's time for you to join us, to become a socio, and for only £2.99 a month, you will get an exclusive big interview, plus regular mini documentaries, not only all ad-free, but all featuring me and bringing you interesting, funny and sometimes scandalous things from Spanish football. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to unlock our entire archive. That means that once you join, you will have a treasure trove of interviews with funny, elite, interesting, revelatory top-class footballers. By joining us, you will help support this independent podcast. You will help to keep us on the road interviewing people and sending that content for your delectation. If you go to the gym, you'll be slimmer. If you've got a dog, he or she will thank you. If you've got a TV, you can turn it off and listen to this instead. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.